thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. All right. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you to tonight's episode of Bible News Radio. Hey, there's some music. Anyway, I want to welcome you to the episode tonight. You know what? This episode, if you have a heartbeat... You're lucky, people. Yeah, you are. Hey, we're going to be talking about a brand new book called A Heartbeat Away. And this is going to be so great. So I tell you what, you go ahead and you forward this right now to everybody you can in your social media, even if you're on the replay, okay? Because my guest tonight is a dynamo. Yeah, she is. She is awesome. I absolutely love Janet Porter. She has been one of my heroes, seriously, in the pro-life movement. She speaks out for the family. She had her show, Faith to Action, her ministry, F2A.org. You can go there. You can learn about her. But most importantly, she's somebody who literally, she does stuff. She's not one of these believers that's like, yeah, I believe it, and then walks away and doesn't do anything. She actually does stuff and does stuff that really ticks off the devil just saying <laughs> i i have to tell you um i remember when i first saw her uh she was praying actually got down on her knees in front of a ton of people and prayed for pro-life issues you know this is a woman who cares about the preborn baby and i always say preborn because that baby is a baby in the womb and it's worth being in the womb as well as being outside the womb. And you know what? I have to tell you that tonight you're going to hear some testimony of what Jesus did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you will. But I also have to say on a more personal note, <clears throat> speaking of a heartbeat, 92 years ago today, my dad was born. Can you believe it? Many of you have been following my journey with my dad. Uh, he is 92. He has dementia, he has Parkinson's. I've only known him for five years. And today, even though the COVID thing left me out, I couldn't go inside and see him in his assisted living. I got to see him on Zoom. And you know what? He was so happy. He was happy as a clam. He actually told me, he said, today, I'm 98 years old. <laughs> I said, dad, you're not 98, you're only 92. He goes, in my head, I'm 98. I go, okay, I know your goal is to live to be 100. You only got two more years left, dad. <laughs> It was the cutest thing. I know. You guys, I want to thank you all for praying for me and my dad and that whole situation. You know, it's an emotional time, you know, to be able to, to you know, take care of an elderly parent. You know, and it goes back to the issue of life, doesn't it? I mean, is his life worthy because he's got dementia or Parkinson's? Some people would think he should be killed, you know. Euthanasia is an issue. They, you know, some people in different countries would put my dad under because he's not, quote, perfect. But you know what? I can tell you in the last five years of my life dealing with my dad that I would not be the woman I am if my dad wasn't in the state that he is. So there, you know, it's just a blessing to be able to, to wish my dad a happy birthday. And all you guys who have been supporting me through that, I want to thank you for that. <clears throat> I also want to tell you, though, going getting back to my guests tonight, because the music is over. You know, she wrote a book called A Heartbeat Away, and she's had some pretty prestigious people, like, endorse this book. 
like General Jerry Boykin, Dr. James Dobson, and Mike Huckabee, just to name a few. And I have to tell you that that's pretty good company in my book. So, you know what, Janet, I want to welcome you back to Bible News Radio. I think this is your second time on our show in, what, a year or something? Thank you. It's been a long time. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Well, hey, superhero of the pro-life faith. <laughs> I have to say that because, you know, there's a lot of people out there who say they're pro-life. They don't really do anything. Uh, so I kind of want to hear a little bit about who you are. Like, how did you get, I don't even think I've ever heard your story, really. How did you get involved in, uh, you know, in activism or become a believer, really? I haven't even heard that story. Well, I uh, became a believer when I was nine years old. I went forward at a Billy Graham crusade uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I tell people uh, before that it was a life of drugs, crime, and debauchery. And, you know, I, I, I very rarely get able to uh, speak at a Sunday night service where you give your testimony because uh, I was uh, spared a lot of bullets by being safe so very young. Uh, so I, it wasn't until the 10th grade, though, that I found out what they were doing to babies uh, with abortion. And from that time, I've been involved. I uh, started a group, I uh, helped start a group at Cleveland State, the Students for Life group, became president, uh, then became legislative director of Ohio Right to Life, and then moved to, uh, to become the national director of the Center for Reclaiming America. And five years later, started Faith to Action. And uh, it wasn't until, it was actually 10 years ago, when my husband and I, my Florida husband, uh, moved back to Ohio with me uh, to be near family, and he looked at me as we just moved in the house. It was October 2010. And he said uh, very nonchalantly, uh, why don't you outlaw abortion while you're here? And, you know, great woman of faith that I am, I laughed at him. <laughs> uh, it just seemed too big. It seemed too impossible. I mean, I looked at my watch. And I said, yeah, I got a few minutes. I can knock that out. Um, it just seemed impossible. But yet that seed took root in my heart because it was just maybe two weeks later uh, that the idea came to me that if we can't rescue every child just yet, let's carry as many of them out of the burning building as we can. Let's get them from the universally recognized indicator of life, and that is a human heartbeat. Everybody gets that. If there's a heartbeat, there's life. Uh, and that heart, as you know, Stacy, begins to beat uh, 18 to 21 days, but our technology is able to pick it up to detect it around six to eight weeks. Um, and so we uh, assembled a team and drafted a bill, introduced it during Valentine's week uh, in Ohio, where uh, is my home state with the motto is, with God, all things are possible. And so you either believe that or you don't. But here's what I, here's what I now know, that what was once called impossible is now inevitable. We're going to end abortion. We passed the heartbeat bill, uh, not only in Ohio, in fact, here's my my victory, uh, you can see my, my, my victory program from our banquet where we saw the heartbeat bills pass in Arkansas, North Dakota, in Iowa, Mississippi, Kentucky, in Ohio, where it began, in Georgia, in Missouri, in Louisiana, and just as you know, uh, the last uh, few, uh, last week and a half or so, in the state of Tennessee. So there are now 10 heartbeat laws uh, that are arrows. These are finely crafted arrows launched through the court system to deliver the fatal blow to the heart of Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Uh, 29 states have introduced bills like this, uh, but we're going to see the end of abortion, and I believe it's uh, it's going to be what keeps hearts beating in the United States and beyond, as we're now talking with people in Asia, in Israel, and uh, around the world. Even they're drafting a heartbeat bill, I'm told, in Japan. Wow. <clears throat> that, is, that is super cool. And you know what? 
good for you, girlfriend. I mean, seriously, you know, don't you love the encouragement of a husband? You know, yeah, hey, why don't you go ahead? Just, you know, outlaw it, you know? <laughs> hey, yeah. but this isn't without a fight, right? And this is, this is something that I want people to understand is that this is a spiritual issue, first and foremost, right? I it mean, is. completely. I believe it is for sure. Uh, you know, I, I won't get into all that stuff, but I know well, I'm pretty sure. It's really, Stacey, it's the reason I wrote the book. Uh, I was on an interview last night uh, in, in San Francisco, and the, uh, the guest, uh, the host said to me, why Ohio? Why would you start in Ohio? I can understand Alabama or Louisiana. Well, why Ohio? Well, Ohio was my home state. Uh, that's where we started. And, and Ohio is known for being a swing state, a purple state. Um, and, and so no matter where you live, uh, you can you can introduce a heartbeat bill, and I believe you've got a very good shot of getting it through, even in a purple and even a blue state. And I'll tell you why. Um, this book equips people with what they need, even in the toughest circumstances. There's the ideas that you know, even if you live in in deep blue New York or California, um, you can actually introduce a heartbeat bill and save lives before it's ever passed. That's what we experienced in Ohio. Um, we actually, you like this, Stacy. We brought in a mobile ultrasound. Uh, it, we rolled it into the committee room there in Ohio and also the congressional heartbeat bill in Congress in the U.S. Judiciary Subcommittee. Uh, and, and so we brought in, in this case, a, in Ohio was a nine-week-old unborn baby girl. Uh, the, uh, the, the mother had already named, her name was Haley. And so little baby Haley's heartbeat was up on the screen, beating strong. They could zoom in on it, show that it was red and it was beating. And the pro aborts went crazy. I mean, you can imagine. They all screamed and shouted and ranted. Janet's antics, Janet's, you know, gimmicks. <laughs> and, and when they put the camera on me, I just said, isn't it sad that to defend your position, you have to deny science. You've got to run from technology. That's a sad place to be. But here's where I learned a lesson. In, in Congress, Little baby Lincoln was 18 weeks in the womb. His heartbeat was seen in her as they zoomed in on his little heart. The entire committee, which had had a lot of protesters, a lot of disruptive people, um, but when they saw and heard little baby Lincoln's heartbeat, the room was silent. And here's what else happened. One of the protesters, she was uh, wearing purple and was previously disruptive, but when she saw little baby Lincoln's heartbeat in the committee room in Congress, she was seen wiping tears from both her eyes. And that's where I learned that, you know what? If the heartbeat of this baby can reach even the hardest of hearts, yep. it can reach America. And that's really the message. And that's why the Barna poll shows that, that we took a George Barna scientific poll. We asked America, hey, if a doctor can detect the, uh, the heartbeat of an unborn child, that child should be legally protected. And guess what, Stace? Seven out of 10 in America agreed. 86% of Republicans, and I'm glad you're sitting down because 55% of Democrats, a majority of Democrats wow. disagree with Joe Biden and the Democratic upper echelons, the Democratic platform, the Democratic presidential uh, presumptive nominee. The, the, the American Democrat believe that if there's a heartbeat, there's life and that that life should be legally protected. And that's, that's good news for the pro-life movement. And, and what I think it does, what this, this whole shift in the heartbeat direction is this, it gives us what we've been missing for really 47 years. And that is a clear pathway to victory. You know, we've been passing these millimeter incremental bills. And I was a part of that because we thought that was the best we could do. Parental consent, the woman's right to know law, fetal homicide, even, even the nation's first ban on partial birth abortion. I was involved in passing all those bills. But you know what? 
at the end of the day, we still, it's, we still have a body count of a million innocent children every single year. We've got more than 60 million children that have been killed legally in this country. And so if you want to do an assessment, stand back and say, hey, what can we say about the pro-life movement? Well, we can call them a lot of things, but success, successful is not one of them because uh, we have, I believe, failed miserably when we've got a body count that remains almost 50 years later of a million children a year. It's, it's, it's absurd. And so if you want different results, you have to try a different approach. And that's why we uh, introduced the heartbeat bills. And uh, as I mentioned, what was once called impossible is now inevitable as these bills have now been introduced in 20, 29 states and have passed in 10 so far and counting. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm laughing because I remember, um, well, first of all, God's so good, but I, I'm laughing because I recently um, was over on Right Wing Watch. <laughs> Congratulations. That means you're doing something. Well, no, no. I'm well, I've only been mentioned once over there, but you you are like the number one. They hate you over there. <laughs> and I think you're like the number aren't you the number one most talked person about like women on right wing? I'm watch? actually number two. You're... Uh after Michelle Bachman, although I'm okay. leaning on her. Okay. I'm leaning on her, you know? And it's it's kind of funny because there's a chapter in the in the Heartbeat Away book that uh, it's called Whatever It Takes. That are you willing to do whatever it takes? Do you want to end abortion or do you want people to like you? Um, when you want to end abortion, there's a lot of people that aren't going to like you, especially yep. when you challenge the establishment position, right? So we actually ran candidates in three election cycles against the senators, the rhinos, the Republicans in name only, who are blocking our heartbeat bill. And so when I couldn't get anybody to run against the Senate president of the Ohio State Senate, um, I decided to put my faith to action and I filed to run myself. So I ran against the Senate president, Stacey. Um, and it's interesting because I go to the county Republican groups and, you know, there are a lot of them that just didn't want me to speak because they were friends with the, you know, the Senate president. They didn't want to ruffle feathers. And, and, and so some pro-lifers, I remember it was in one county, this one was Mansfield, the Mansfield area in Richland County. And they said, uh, we don't want you to speak, et cetera. They got me in to speak. I gave my talk. And as I spoke, I said, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes to tell the difference. Who's really the conservative? Who's really the pro-life who's going to defend and fight for the values of our constitution, of, our, of, our, of life and of liberty? And, and I said, well, I can tell you this, that I am the second most watched woman in the country from a liberal group called Right Wing Watch. And the same group that was blocking me just, you know, moments before were then giving me a standing ovation. And it's like, it's like I told my buddy Tom DeLay, I said, you know what, if you want to be encouraged, uh, go, go down, do, do what Gideon did. Go down to the enemy's camp and listen in. See what the enemy has to say about you. And if, if Right Wing Watch and all of these groups hate me, um, that means, well, maybe the enemy's got wind, that God's got still uh, something for us to do. And it's encouraging and congratulations uh, on being mentioned. And maybe since I'm on the show again, maybe you'll get another hit. So Bad. I hope so. <laughs> Well, I think I think it was associated with chaps. I think that's and that's oh, yeah. that's how we yeah that's that's I think that's how we ultimately got connected was through Chaplain Klingenschmidt. Yeah, good and, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's funny because I think you know people. Well, it's like the naysayers, right? I mean, if you, if you, well, okay, I'll I'll tell you how I got involved in the pro life movement. So I was. This was, I don't even know when, in the mid-80s, I guess. You know, I'm only 51, so, um, you know, and my mom told me that if 
abortion was legal when I was born, she would have killed me. So, hey, mm -hmm. I survived. You know, thank God I'm here. Uh, yeah. Literally, thank God. <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I started seeing those pictures of the babies on the posters. And I remember thinking, as a Christian, Psalm 139 says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And it was literally before I moved um, from California, uh, some friends of me, we were out in front of Disneyland. This was a number of years after I got involved in the pro-life movement, but you'll love this story. So we were out in front of Disneyland picketing for the pro-life issue. And uh, I didn't have any of the bloody baby pictures, but there were some other people that did. And there was a father and his little girl who were coming across the sidewalk and the dad was trying to pull the girl away from seeing these signs because they were trying to go into Disneyland. But he was so mad at us for being there. And he came over to me and whoever else was there and started yelling at us and stuff. You know, this is inappropriate, blah, blah. Don't you know this is going to traumatize my daughter, blah, blah, you know, all this stuff. And I said, sir, we're trying to save the visitors that come to Disneyland, you know? I mean, if we're going to keep killing children, Disneyland ain't going to have any more customers, you know? Yeah. And he stopped and he turned to his kid and his kid said, Daddy, what she said. <laughs> oh, wow. The kid, the kid was like so upset because of the baby being hurt, you know? And all this guy wanted to do was just like avoid it. And... Yeah. Sure. And I thought, you know what? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to save the economy by saving babies. We're trying to save people. <laughs> well, honestly, I'll tell you, Stace, there are a lot of people in the pro-life movement say, get those pictures out. It hurts us. I disagree. It, it is the reason why I'm in the movement. And I, mm -hmm. I actually have a picture in the book. I don't know if you can see it. I'm going to zoom it in here. It's the babies in the garbage bag. Well, well, Hold on. Let me move it yeah. over a little bit. In front of your camera. Uh, there, there you go. You go. Yeah. And that's the picture that I saw in the 10th grade. And I just said, you know what? There is, there's no way that you can get around that and make that okay. Talking about women's rights or products of conception or any choice. There's nothing you can say that makes that all right. And, and you know, you're right. Even a child can recognize it. In fact, I wrote about in the book, uh, an encounter I had at the University of Cincinnati. I was there speaking and we had, you know, the, the fetal models were all displayed in the, on the table there in the public and people were yelling out things. And, you know, they had uh, the communists, the socialists and the pro boards all joined together. It's a little bit like the, a lot like the Democratic Party of today. And, and so they had signs, the nicest of which said, Janet, go home. And there they were yelling stuff out. And this woman was was with three, a three year old daughter. And she came up to me and she said, how dare you call it a baby? This is not a baby. It's a fetus call it a fetus. And I explained that fetus is Latin for the Latin, Latin word, which means baby, young one, developing human. Uh, and, 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 and so she said, no, 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 it's not a baby. It's a fetus. In the middle of our discussion, it was interrupted by her three-year-old who starts tugging on her sleeve and says, mommy, mommy, pointing to the fetal models, look at the babies. God, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Even her three-year-old child recognized what we have been saying, that this being in the womb is a human being. It's a baby. I think she was yanked away and probably sent to re-education re camp. But, but this is the bottom line. I mean, I, I remember I spoke at one, one event and I said, listen, you know, it's the, the choice involved in this issue. Once a woman is pregnant, she already has a baby. 
the choice for whether it will be a live baby or a dead baby ended up being bumper stickers. It's that, it's that simple. And even if you don't know biology, even if you've not looked in a fetology or embryology book, everybody gets this, that, that if there's a heartbeat, there's light. You know, it's the reason why if someone's on the ground, we don't just have a funeral for them. We check for a pulse. It's why we have all those heart monitors in hospitals because they're not there for decoration. Right. You know, we've never been to a funeral of somebody with a beating heart. Everybody gets that. And that's why I believe we see seven out of 10, 86% of Republicans, and even as I mentioned, a majority of Democrats that favor heartbeat laws. They're taking the nation by storm. And uh, we're here to help. Uh, the heartbeat away is, is how to go up against even the toughest obstacles. But you'll notice the subtitle, it's a little cryptic, but the uh, editors won. It's how, the heartbeat away, how a how the heartbeat bill will pierce the heart of Roe versus Wade and the shocking betrayal no one saw coming. Let me give you a little hint of the shocking betrayal. You know those people that you've been writing your checks to and sending them in because you thought they were there fighting abortion, you thought they were going to end abortion, their mission statement was to eradicate it? Yeah, well, groups like National Right to Life, like Ohio Right to Life, like the Right to Life State Affiliates of Missouri, of Kansas, of, of uh, uh, uh Tennessee, of Texas, of Michigan, and National Right to Life, they have been fighting. In fact, I'll just tell you something. No one's going to believe this, but I lived through this. I used to be, as you know, legislative director of Ohio Right to Life. We passed all these incremental bills, but you know what? When, when it came to fighting the bill, it wasn't Planned Parenthood that I was up against. It was Ohio Right to life. They actually stood right next to Planned Parenthood, right next to NARAL, and testified against the bill that protected more children than any law that has ever passed through the Ohio General Assembly. And then when we passed it, they called for a veto. They asked John Kasich to veto the most protective pro-life bill. And you want to know something? He did. I know. And they celebrated next to the abortionists when, when it came, not once, but twice. And then on the third time we passed the Ohio heartbeat bill, when, when we had a pro-life governor, what Right to Life did is they ran to the front of the parade, they pretended it was their idea, they pretended they had something to do with it, and were there at the bill signing while we were disinvited. This is, this is what it is. If you wanna, if you wanna end abortion, um, don't, look for, don't look for accolades, don't look for friends, don't look for the establishment to like you, forget about the photo ops, but I can tell you, here's the process. Uh, they will they will ridicule you for your idea. They will fight you, and then they will take credit for what you do. That's how that's the process. But you know what? We we didn't get into this battle to make friends in Columbus uh, or in, in Washington or in any of these state legislatures. We want to stop the killing, and that's what the heartbeat bill will do. In fact, the pro boards came in and testified this will outlaw all abortions. And I just sat there, Stacy, thinking, you know what? Good. The abortion movement's motivated by money. They are probably not going to stay open for a fraction of their business because this bill, according to Dr. Wilkie, the founder of the pro-life movement who left Ohio Right to Life to join our ranks to help us in the effort to pass the heartbeat bill, who testified it, testified for it, who spoke at our rallies, and, and, and he, he said it, uh, that, that this will save 95% of the children who will otherwise be aborted. It's an incremental bill, but it's a great, great big increment. That's cool. There's so much I could say, and I'm debating what 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 to say. <laughs> there, okay, there's a lot. It's okay, been ten first... years of a battle. Yeah, it's, well, it's been... I was just gonna say it's been long and it's been hard, 
but it's been worth it. Yeah. And I well, know that other states aren't going to have to take as long as we did. We're in a purple state. We had a lot of rhinos. We had opposition from the pro-life uh, right to life establishment. But uh, but now because this is taking the country by storm, because 29 states have introduced it, 10 states have passed it, where you live, it's going to be far easier um, than, uh, than what we faced. We faced a brick wall and we just kept pounding and pounding. And the good news is, um, you know, persistence wins. Yeah, it With does. God, to God be the glory. Amen. Well, yeah. So there's, there's so many things though, I, I gotta say, first of all, everybody out there, I, I'm getting a little couple of questions about if you can ask Janet questions, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Write your questions. If I could, I'd have you call in, but we're not a real radio show. <laughs> we're just live streaming people. Yeah, so write your questions. I'll ask Janet for you. Um, the other thing is um, John Kasich. You know, I had that dude on my show like a long time ago. And, and, and normally I wouldn't say this, but honestly, I'm at the point where I don't give a crap anymore about if I offend anybody. He was the biggest jerk I've ever interviewed. I mean, class A, you know what, jerk. And I know it sounds horrible because I'm a Christian woman, but I'm a truth speaker as well. And when I read that he did that to you guys, especially in his own state, and he came on my show as a Christian, you know, I'm like, you know, yeah, there's, there is. Well, let me, let me tell you about John Kasich. I actually, back in the eighties, uh, I was his spokesperson for a time uh, when he was chairman of the house budget committee. He asked me to represent him at his election nights, his candidates nights. I debated his opponent for him. <laughs> Not that he had any great threat, but I, I was his spokesperson. That was back when he claimed to be a pro-life Christian. Um, but I can tell you now, uh, the man is a fraud. Um, he can no longer ever claim to be pro-life again. He can't, he can't run for president as pro-life. He can't run for dog catcher as pro-life. And so, uh, yeah, his record is abysmal. He is it's appalling what this man has done. And uh, I would want to be him. Uh, he's got some accountability before God because he knows what's right. Uh, and he did what was wrong. Yeah, he did. Not once, but twice. I know, I know, I know. And that's the amazing thing because he did it twice. And I'm like, okay. So here's, here's the other thing I was going to say is, and, and you know this way better than I do, because I'm, I'm kind of like on the, like, <laughs> in the world of Christian media, there's, you know, everybody sees you. And then there's B media, then there's C and D. And I actually had, I, I'm just trying to be funny, but I actually had a guy call me up. And uh, I won't say who he is, because you might know who he is. But he's a secular guy who books guests. And he actually emailed me what he was emailing me to get guests on my show that nobody else would take but they were like old time like celebrities you know like duck dynasty people and stuff like that that nobody wanted to book and i was like excited i'm like hey i get to deck, you know whatever on my show and uh he emailed me once and he said yeah you're you're on my d list i go really and he's like yeah i i give all my people to, to you who you know nobody else wants and i said gee thanks i said i consider that an honor because it gives me a bigger audience and then I decided, you know what I was going to do? I told him, I said, hey, you know, I'm not just looking for Christian guests. Give me some of your secular guests, too. You know, I, I want people, because I'm going to start a segment on my show called Who in the World, just for fun. And I'm going to get these people who don't know Christ to come onto my show. So this is what happens. So he, he's like, really? You'll have anybody? I go, sure. Bible News Radio will take anybody. And I'll do the, the secular people under the Who in the World segment. 
And uh, so he started giving me these these secular gifts, you know, on TV shows with the F word and blatant sex and stuff. And I've interviewed a couple of these people, right? They're pretty big people, too. And one afternoon, I get this email from this guy. And he's, he's livid. I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, look at this email I just got. I'm like, what? And it was a very famous black lady who's high up in some TV show that I would never watch, who was emailing him saying, you know what? We cannot go on Bible News Radio. What kind of publicist are you putting us on Bible News Radio? Don't you know that this is inappropriate for her audience? And I busted up laughing and he stopped booking my guests. But but still, I share that because it's like if if you're somebody who's trying to actually make an impact for the actual gospel, you're not in it for the money, you're going to be marginalized and you're going to be put down. You're going to be considered, you know, fake media or whatever. Here's the thing, Here, here's the thing. Uh, I don't despise the day of small beginnings. Huh. And you know what? Um, there was a guy who came and spoke to my 10th grade health class. And he probably thought, well, there's 30 students, 32 students in this health class. And what good is that going to do? I'm going to go and give a pro-life speech. But, but I was in that class. Um, and because I heard the truth, uh, it changed my life. I've dedicated my life to end abortion. And, and you don't know who's listening. You don't know what good it is. And you know what? When you have the truth, um, we take out all comers. We're not afraid of, of, of a challenge. We're not afraid. Now, the, the left right. will do everything they can to suppress the truth. And I, I actually wrote a chapter in, uh, in this book about it uh, uh, in, in a heartbeat away about uh, the dark web, the systematic attempt to silence our voice. Um, but I wanted to tell you, we were talking about the veto. I want to tell you one of my favorite stories. You got time for a story? I do. And in about okay. one minute, though, let's take a break. Or if we okay. could do it now do and that? then you could do it. How about we do sure. the break first? Sure. And then you had some questions, I think. From I, some I actually do. Yeah, I do have a question, at least one that came in. Randall, are you looking over on the Facebook page for questions? I can. Will you please? Thank you. Off air production just happened, people. You didn't, you weren't supposed to hear that. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, hey, everybody. I want to thank you for tuning in to the show. You guys know that we are us. Yeah, we are. We recently became a nonprofit and. I want to thank all of you guys who donate to us. And uh, if you want to donate, you can go over to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give and your gift will become tax deductible as soon as we get that 501c3, which hopefully will be in a couple weeks. And my, I just passed 8,500 steps on my Fitbit. just went off. Even walking in a chair, I get steps, people. Anyway, you can go ahead. You can donate. Uh, also, if you uh, want to, please go ahead and share this out again. Go ahead, share it on Periscope or Twitter or Twitch or Dot Live or YouTube or Facebook. All of those places love us. They love us so much that they don't let anybody see us. So <laughs> they will see it if you share it, though. Yeah, they will. And God, whoever wants, yeah, you know, whoever God wants to see it, will see it too. All right. And that's it. Tomorrow night, we're also going to be doing a show. So don't forget to come back. Oh, and one other thing. Watch this ticker down there. There is a text message list you can join. That's just text Bible News to 33222. I send you a text message before the show. And also, wait, one last thing. Daily Disciples. You guys know I'm a daily disciple, right? That means you're a disciple every day. You guys can join my Facebook group. And in that group, every single day, you and me are reading the Bible together. Yeah, we are. And I'm giving you American history, Christian history, 
uh, talk about good, solid Bible people from old people, you know, from days of old. You know, we're trying to give you a Christian education, so become a daily disciple. Yeah, that's what I want you to do, people. All right, so, hey, if you just joined us, welcome back. You didn't really leave because you're listening to a podcast if you're listening to the archive. <laughs> How dare you fast forward through that commercial I just did. No, I'm just kidding. You didn't do that, did you? <laughs> okay, anyway, our, our guest tonight is Janet Porter. She's the author of a brand new book called A Heartbeat Away. And uh, she's the author of a lot of other books. One of her other favorite books of mine is The Criminalization of Christianity. One of my all-time favorite books. Love that book. And uh, if you ever wanted to know uh, who took on the gay lobby as well, well, she's our guest right now as well. So, <laughs> Janet, welcome back. Also, I want to tell you, uh, go ahead with your story. I want to hear. I just wanted to mention, I don't know if you know this, Stacy, but I actually updated the criminalization of Christianity with a documentary. It's called Light Wins, L-I-G-H-T, Light Wins. Mm -hmm. And that's because in the battle between darkness and light, light wins. And you can go on lightwinsthemovie.com uh, and you can uh, you can download it or you can you can order it and uh, we'll get one in the mail to you. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's the update of cool. the fight uh, in the uh, LGBTQRST STD uh, battle. Um, anyway, yeah, you mentioned the... Um, the situation with, with the veto. Um, yeah. This is what I believe. I believe that with God, all things are possible. I wrote about it. Uh, Francis Schaeffer said it this way. He said that faith is not a leap in the dark. It is ceasing to call, call God a liar. And that's really what I believe. You know what? We can do the things the Bible says we can do. Um, sounds like a little bit of a, a Joel Osteen commercial there, but the, the Bible is, uh, uh, is, it is true. And God is everything he's, he claims to be. And so we were, uh, we were faced with, with the, the passing the heartbeat bill for the second time in the state. And the sponsor, Ron Hood, called me up and he says, Jan, you know, here it is November. The session ends in December. We got to start all over again. Let's just pass it next year. We've got a pro-life governor coming in. Kasich will be on his way out. Let's just wait. And I said, no, 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 we, we need to do this. We take every opportunity you can. And so uh, we found out uh, like two days before the vote, um, I dropped my husband off at the airport. He was taking a trip and it was maybe four in the morning. And I just said to him, I just said, honey, I, I, I don't know that I can go down to Columbus and lose again. We, we have to get to be veto proof. Um, we need 60 votes, not just 50 out of the 99 house reps. And, uh, and so uh, I went and I, and I put together a whip list like my buddy Tom DeLay taught me and I handed it out. Hey, can you get me these two reps? Can you try me these three? Are you in committee with these, these guys? Get me 10. I mean, at the end of the day, I had to get 15 votes that we never had before. And, uh, and I was down there alone. A lot of people like to show up for the vote. That's fun. Um, but they don't like to do the work beforehand. But I was there, and uh, we were actually within two or three votes uh, the next day, the day of the vote. We, we actually had a shot at it, which was miraculous enough. But an hour before the vote, uh, I met with a, oh, the only Democrat, a, a champion, and I tell this story in the book. His name is Bill Patman. He's a Democrat, uh, uh, pro-life champion, and he and I tried to tag team a Democrat, couldn't get him. I said, there's one other guy. His name is Glenn Holmes. Can you, I said, here's his concerns. I wrote it out on the, on the sheet. I gave him, I gave him the bill and, and, and the highlighted section. I said, text me if you get him. 
So the session starts and, and Stace, they're coming out of the woodwork. You know, it used to be kind of under wraps is now out for the world to see the pro boards show up. They make a gauntlet. They're wearing t-shirts, literally the t-shirts that say pro abort, witch. they got earrings, the size of pentagrams, the size of saucers that are pentagrams, right? They all got their phones aimed at me. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Let me tell you. <laughs> and so we get down there and I'm handing out gift bags with heart chocolates in them with talking points. And, you know, we go up to the, to the session, it begins and I get a text from Bill Patman and it says done. I'm like, oh my goodness, we just got a Democrat vote we never had before. We got a shot. We actually have a shot of this. So they, they, right then, the Democrats called for a recess. I go down there. I see Bill Patton standing outside the, the chamber. And I, 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 just, I, I just hugged him and said, thank you. And he says, you know what's happening right now? He says, they are having a caucus to beat up on Glenn Holmes to try and get him to switch his vote. They're threatening him. They're trying everything. And I asked him, is he going to hold firm? He says, I don't know. So we held hands, he's African-American uh, uh, pro-life Democrat. He and I held hands outside the chamber and prayed together. And we needed 60 out of 99 members to vote that day. And so uh, I had already been told I couldn't take pictures from the gallery, but my intern had not. Joshua Lavity had his camera ready when the vote was cast. We needed 60 and the vote was cast and it was 58 to 35. Oh man. Two votes. We missed the veto override by two votes, but it didn't. It wasn't like, oh, we tried. It was like something's not right. So I went down and and I said, let me see the votes. Let me see the vote. And as we're looking at the at the scoreboard of who voted which way, we find out that the Democrat went forward after the vote, went forward and changed his vote. He voted yes. We're now at at 59:35. We are one vote away from veto override. And I see this rep. Her name is an orange. It should be, if it's, if it's a green, if it's a yes vote, it's green. If it's a no vote, it's red. If it's orange, they didn't vote. And I said, why is her name in orange? They said, well, maybe she's not here. I said, no, I saw her go in. I gave her a gift bag. So well, maybe they flipped her. I said, no, not this one. She was a co-sponsor. Her husband was a co-sponsor of the first heartbeat bill before her. I said, we got to get a hold of her. One, one rep, uh, Nino Vitale, he's, he's a man. He, he, uh, he says, well, self-identify as a female and look in the ladies' room, whatever. We, we turned him down. To, but we got the cell phone of her husband. And I called him and said, I said, uh, we have three votes on the, on, the, on the schedule right now. We have less than an hour to get her back here. She's the swing vote. And he says, I'm two hours away. Uh-oh. You know, I, I, there's just no way it's impossible but what's the state motto of my state of ohio it's with god all things are possible you either believe that or you don't and actions are what you believe and so this is what i said to him i said can you pull off the highway because i'm on my way to get her right now and he said yes wow. so i had one group standing by the chamber i said you guys pray another group i said you guys tell them to stall until we get back i ran to my car stacy it is now snowing like a blizzard it's i run two blocks to my car i get to my car and i'm fumbling through my purse i don't have my keys oh my goodness and a man comes walking up to me very calmly very matter of fact and he says here you drop these in the crosswalk hands me my keys my husband said he's either a marathon runner or he is an angel. So I get in the car. I remember that Josh's mom, our intern's mother, used to be an intern for me back in the days of Right to Life. And I knew she lived in that area. I said, could you call your mom? So, so his mother, Raylene, picks up our, our state rep, who's, who's at a Bob Evans restaurant, 
picks her up and drives south while I'm driving north. We meet in the middle. We take her down to the state house. And, and, and so when I get a phone call from our, our, our champion, our sponsor, he says, Jan, you don't need to be driving like a maniac through the uh, state house to the state house anymore, he says, because we have a rule in Ohio that says two reps can hold a session. So here he is, the champion. He holds the session, and, and, and the other rep can vote. It's the lady in my car, Marilyn Schlaby. So they we get into the chamber. We still have our coats on, and he slams down the gavel. House Bill 253 for third consideration. She's still wearing her coat. She votes for the bill. I fell to my knees and started sobbing. That's how we got veto-proof in the Ohio House of Representatives. With God, all things are possible. Um, we had the votes in the Senate, uh, but mm -hmm. John Kasich flipped a guy. His name is Bill Beagle. Uh, he's yeah. a real dog, uh, so to speak, <laughs> and uh, also a fraud. Uh, I, no longer can he call himself pro-life either. And uh, we introduced, we introduced, four months later, we introduced the bill again and got it passed uh, uh, in uh, April of 2016. And that's when we saw more progress in the pro-life movement than we've seen in the last 50 years. I'll tell you what happened. In 2016, let me tell you the bills that passed. It was Kentucky, Mississippi, Georgia, Missouri, Louisiana, and Ohio. Within the first five months of last year, we saw more progress than the pro-life movement has seen in 47 years. What we're seeing is momentum. And what I'm, uh, I'm praying, and this is why I dedicated the book. Let me read you my dedication. Okay. I dedicated this book to the mo most pro-life president our nation's ever seen. It's, it's to President Donald J. Trump. And I said, if there was ever a leader who could keep hearts beating, it's President Donald Trump. And here's this quote from his from the speech he gave, the only pro-life president to actually speak live, to be there in person at the March for Life. He said, unborn children have never had a stronger defender in the White House. That is true. They are coming out because they are coming after me because I am fighting for you. And we are fighting for those who have no voice. And we will win because we know how to win. I'm trying to get this book to the president many different ways, but because I sent a message to him, and that is this. The heartbeat bill is the way to win. That's the message that I want the president to understand. And when he calls for the heartbeat bill to pass, I believe they can they can pass it not only through a Republican, newly Republican-controlled House in this next election, uh, but in a Senate that can that can uh, that makes their own rules and can get it through with a simple majority and not this uh, self-imposed supermajority 60-vote rule. It's, it's absurd. Uh, they they break those rules whenever they want. They can do it again to save lives. Yeah, there you go. Gosh, you know, I'm holding back my tears, man. Just saying. <laughs> I, I, I love, I mean, I am a childless woman. I could not have children because I had a uterine cancer issue. And yeah, I don't know that. Do you have children? I don't, I don't think you We're do. still praying for babies. Okay. I'm expecting them. Well, hey, you know what? It, it will happen, you know. <laughs> I have no doubt you'll get pregnant. Uh, I have no uterus, so, you know, that would be a miracle, but, but. Yeah, we serve the God of miracles, and, and adoption is another way of, of, you know, having a family, and, and that's one, of course, that we're always open to. Yeah, well, anyway, the whole reason I bring that up is because I think they're, you know, what I, what I've seen the Lord do, even with you know, a lot of us who don't have physical children, he's given us children in various ways. And I mean, I think you're a spiritual mom, big time to lots and lots, lots, lots of people. I've been called that. Um, 
But, you know, I know if you're like me, you have little ones somewhere that you, you love on and take care of, uh, you know, and and with God, all things are possible. So, you know, that's to me, that's encouraging. I think that when you can't feel anything about this issue, that tells you your heart's too hard, right? Because abortion has so many... <sighs> I'm not sure what the right word is, but it has so many things, <laughs> for, for lack of a better, consequences to it, you know. And victims. and I have yeah, victims. But I mean, just the consequence, you know, just the emotional damage. And you know what? We serve Jesus, who can heal anybody of anything, you know. And so it's a great thing to fall into the hands of a living God who loves you, despite what you could have done, you know. Uh, speaking of that, I do have a question. Okay. So Natasha, she's a good friend of ours. Uh, she writes, uh, but what to do when it's a minor who is pregnant from rape? Her body is underdeveloped. That's a good question. And I know Janet has a good answer for that. Well, we actually brought in uh, people who, who were raped uh, as well as the products of rape, which is another human being uh, to, uh, to come and testify. In fact, I remember one day in the hearing, there's a little girl, she was seven years old uh, and she handed out hearts at the committee hearing the day that they were voting whether or not to put a rape incest exception in the bill. And she wrote, thank you on these red hearts made from construction paper. And as the committee was deciding what to vote, uh, they were literally holding her heart in their hands, deciding whether or not we should issue the death penalty for a child who was conceived through no fault of her own in this manner. Uh, but what about the person who is the victim of rape? Now, here's the thing we need to remember, that the rape was an attack. It was an assault against this person um, that they had no choice in. But when you actually have an abortion, you are participating in taking, uh, creating a second victim, taking a life of another human being. In fact, one of our, our uh, very close friends, Rochelle Heidelbaugh, I write about her in the book. She had, uh, she had an abortion following a rape um, and she, she says a day doesn't go by that she doesn't think about the child who she, she, uh, she, she aborted. And, and I want to say this, that that if you have had an abortion, um, that there is uh, reconciliation with God, with a loving God who forgives. But repentance is key. And that's why a lot of pastors who won't speak out on this issue, they need to speak out on this issue because people are being held in bondage. They're being held in a trap by the enemy with an open door to the enemy into their lives. What what does what does repentance do? By speaking out the truth, you can repent and reconcile with God. And then I believe being being you can then be used as one of the most powerful voices in the movement as a someone who knows, someone who's been there. But I do know this that that um, and I write about there's a whole chapter of it. We brought in uh, uh, Rebecca Keesling, who is the product of rape. She's a beautiful woman. She's an attorney, and there there the, 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 she came and testified. And the members of the committee were acting like she didn't exist. You know, how dare you say that we, you know, should force a woman to have a, 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 have a child? Let me say this. Um, that's it. There's a child. Um, there's a child, no matter how you're conceived. In fact, what if I told you, Stacey, um, that you found out that maybe the narrative your parents told you really wasn't true, that you weren't the product of a loving marriage, that, that guess what? Uh, we, we just like James Robeson uh, uh, from Life Today Ministries, mm -hmm. he found out he was the product of rape. Uh, he helps to feed about 100,000 children, I believe it is a week in Africa. He is the product of rape. Um, what if they said, you know what, your life, 
We just found out it wasn't what you thought it was. It wasn't what your parents told you. You really are the product of rape. And therefore, a committee just voted that your life has no value. Um, we're going to take you down to a, a, you know, a, a city center, and we're going to go through one of the torturous methods of taking your life. No, no, you're the same human being, right. no matter how you're conceived. Uh, whether you know how you're conceived or not, you're the same human being. And that be that human being with a beating heart is worthy of protection. Now, let me just say this also, that the heartbeat bill doesn't have a restriction. It, it says it says that once you have a heartbeat, once the heartbeat is detected, the baby is protected. That's the bill in a nutshell, the heartbeat bill. If the heartbeat's detected, the baby's protected. Now, if you uh, have an abortion before the heartbeat's detected, this bill doesn't stop that. I mean, one day we will uh, go back and rescue the rest of those children, but this particular bill only protects them from the point of detectable heartbeat. So if you're raped, people say, well, you know, they didn't know they were raped at six weeks, or they didn't know that they were pregnant at six weeks. Well, you know, if you're raped, um, and, and what is best for a woman following a rape is to be treated for the rape, to go to the hospital, to prevent uh, it with a procedure that's designed to prevent the conception from taking place. Um, and you can also gather the forensic evidence and go after the rapists and get them off the streets and protect other women. You can also be treated for sexually transmitted diseases and trauma. So what's best for women is to be treated directly following a rape. But there are no rape incest exceptions in the Ohio bill um, and the Tennessee bill. Uh, I believe the Missouri bill and others uh, that have not put one in. Um, but, but even if you wanted one, uh, this bill, you don't need to have one because prior to detectable heartbeat, um, this bill does not, unfortunately, protect those children. Now, I'll tell you this, though, the technology is getting better and better, and that one day this bill is going to protect, you know, right now it's about 95% of the children, perhaps. It's going to be even more so, and, and as the pro-aborts recognize that the, the abortion movement that's motivated by money probably won't stay open for a fraction of their business. This will close a lot of the abortion mills down, and uh, I just can't wait. I can't wait. I know. That's awesome. I, uh, Carol here wrote over on Facebook, uh, you can't punish the child for the sins of the father. That's right. And, and you know what? I actually have said numerous times on the show, um, it, and I don't know if I learned it from you or somebody else, somebody, probably you. <laughs> I've learned a lot from you. Um, that, uh, you know, like, like I've said it this way. I basically said, look, if mom and dad, you know, if let's say your mom had an orgasm that night and your dad didn't, which would highly be unusual, but let's say the other way around and, you're, and the, <laughs> the woman didn't and you were conceived, like, would that be worthy of death for the baby? I mean, <laughs> you know, if one person had fun and the other one didn't, you know what I mean? Uh, it's illogical thinking to punish somebody that had no choice in the matter. And not only that, but what about the laws, you know, the homicide laws or the, you know, or if a pregnant woman gets in a car accident and the baby dies, they count it, if she dies, they count it as two deaths, right? It's, it's such hypocrisy. And in fact, I have a chapter in the Heartbeat Away uh, called The Enemy Overplayed His Hand. Because on <laughs> January 22nd of last year, the, the anniversary of Roe versus Wade, that's when, that's when uh, Governor Cuomo lit the, lit the World Trade, uh, former World Trade Center uh, pink to celebrate killing babies until birth. Interestingly, that's the same place where there is memorialized there uh, uh, 11 unborn children who were killed in the World Trade Center in the, in the attack um, when the plane you know, flew into the buildings. Um, this is it's the height of hypocrisy. By the way, uh, the same month, I think it was, that New Jersey 
uh, passed uh, neighboring New Jersey as they're killing children to birth. They're, they pass a law to protect unborn cows. I mean, these people are, it's, it's absurd to, to realize just what it is they, they believe. Joe Biden is very clear. He wants to use your taxpayers to kill children until birth. That's it. That's that's it. He also wants to take your guns away and put, you know, uh, uh, the, the uh, uh, gun control uh, expert to come and, and take and take away your. I mean, it's, it's absurd to see that you will lose the Second Amendment. You're going to lose your right to life if you are a child in the womb, even if, even at the point of, of, of birth. And if you are a pro-lifer, you're going to be footing the bill with your tax dollars uh, paying for abortions if Joe, Joe Biden is there. And I just want to say that if if, if there's, there's one thing, and people say, what is your one action step? Get the book and, and you can read about how to overcome the biggest obstacles, like the ones we faced for 10 years. Um, ideas, creative idea. I mean, we had, we flew a plane around the state house. I own a three-story heart balloon, Stacy. It's three stories. We put it there in front of the state house. We had uh, full page ads. We took out cartoons. We ran candidates. I mean, we did whatever it is we could possibly do. But if there is one thing that we have to do in the next few months, um, that is to tell everyone you know, we've got to reelect President Donald J. Trump. Because, because we've seen in the last Supreme Court ruling, we need some more judges on that court. Oh, yeah. We need him to appoint some pro-life judges. And, uh, and you know, John Roberts is, a, is an abysmal disappointment. And what we need to do is get some more judges. And I have to say, everything we've done, all these bills we've passed, if we do not elect Donald Trump to appoint the, the rest of the judges and the vacancies that are coming, then all of it is a, is, a, is a waste. All of it is for naught. And we've saved some lives along the way. It's worth doing. But I will say this, that if we want to see children protected in our lifetime, we had better do everything we can, beginning with prayer, fasting, and then action uh, to elect the, the president. Because President Trump is the best friend of, of babies in the world. It's the best pro-life president we've ever had. Uh, he has been filling the courts with pro-lifers. Uh, there's even been a shift in the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals, mm -hmm. as you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll just say that he is, I believe, God's answer to our prayer for mercy. But we need to make sure that we put our faith to action in the next coming months um, and, and realize that the, the future of Western civilization, the future of the Constitution, it's all on the line. Um, and uh, and, and the, the right to life is, is a pivotal part of it, but it's just part of, of what's at stake. It's our liberties. It's it's whether we have the freedom to uh, to to offer own and operate our business. Whether we can we can uh, you know uh, have uh, law and order or history without having our our statues and our founding fathers, our founding principles uh, uh, mm -hmm. torn out from around us. It's it's absolutely absurd to see what's happening. Uh, defund the police? Are you kidding me? Is this right. really what Joe Biden wants? Um, it's it's absolutely absurd. Um, and yet uh, there are many uh, pro-life Christians who say, well, you know, I don't like his tweet, or I don't like what he said, or I don't like what he used to do. Well, you know what? There's some things I don't like that I said probably today. Um, but you want to know something? If our heart is to, to do the right thing, that's what matters. If our actions follow, and that's really where Trump is. His actions have been pro-life. His, his, uh, his stand has have been pro-liberty, and uh, we need him. We need him back badly. Yeah, and he's been pro-Israel too, which that's right. You know, I interviewed people from Israel 365 um, and uh, some other things, and I mean, they were they were practically in tears when I was talking to them about how you know he put the embassy there, where it was supposed to be, and even the Bushes never did that. I mean, it's like 
you know, I was in Israel, my husband and a group of us were in Israel last year and, and there were, you know, banners uh, that were honoring President Trump because he did move our U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. And as you said, every president promised to do it. They never did it. Um, I was told, uh, this may be hearsay, but there were many people that, that gave advice to the president, told him, oh, no, it's not politically savvy. It's not, you know, a political thing to do. And he says, you know what, I'm going to do the right thing to do. And that's what's great about our president. He is not like the rhino establishment that's going to march in lockstep with all the people who talk about abortion, who regulate abortion, but never will do what it takes to end abortion. And that's, that's really the message I have for people. If you want to end abortion, you want to march about it, talk about it. If you want to regulate it, you know what, keep doing what you're doing. But if you want to end it, we need to try something different. And the something different that, that I believe is worth trying is the heartbeat bill. Um, and, uh, and with it comes the people who will get the job done. And at the top of the ticket, of course, is President Trump. Could not uh, uh, speak that more emphatically, more passionately to say that he is the hope of ending abortion. Without him, um, we, have, mm -hmm. uh, we have a great discussion, uh, but we have uh, no chance of success. I will tell you that I bet Phyllis Schlafly is looking down from heaven, smiling big. <laughs> you know, Phyllis Schlafly is, is a mentor of mine, as I you know. know, and um, it was actually the, heart, the federal heartbeat bill was birthed, uh, believe it or not, it was at her, it was at her memorial service. Hmm. Uh, President Trump was there to speak, and as you know, she came out early for President Trump. You know, there were a lot of us who were cruise people and others that supported other candidates, um, but, but Phyllis Schlafly got it right. Yeah. She understood this, that, that he's a guy that would be a wrecking ball to the establishment. Because you want to know what it was? When we were facing the Ohio heartbeat problem in Ohio, when we were facing the obstruction that was going on, it was from the pro-life Republican establishment. They told everybody for decades how pro-life they were. Vote for me, I'm for life. And then when it came to end abortion, they were nowhere to be found. They were only for regulating around the edges of abortion. But Trump was not like that. He is not the go along, get along, just keep regulating, just keep doing the same old thing, kicking the can down the road. No, no, no. He's a guy that will take on the establishment. He's done it in so many areas. And, and Phyllis Schlafly had it right. I remember when I first saw her, she came out for him. I said, oh, you know, Phyllis, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know. She's in her 90s. I, she was right. And uh, I told my other, my husband was a Trump supporter up front. And uh, I had to tell him, you were right. This is, a, <laughs> this is the real deal. He is, he is rock solid. He is a guy that, uh, that, that, that I don't think anyone has been more abused, more oh, yeah. under attack. I mean, when I was there, uh, my, my family, my husband and a group of us were there at the inauguration. I've never seen this. I've been to other inaugurations. I've never seen this, Stacey. There were, there were people who were huddled in, in different areas wearing all black and hoods. There were covens of witches cursing this man. They're cursing him every day. The media is cursing him every day. I, I write about the media and I write about what's happening and what's going on. Every time you watch the news, we need to be praying for the president. We need to be breaking those curses off of him. We need to be, we need to be lifting him up and putting a shield around him of prayer, of praying for wise and godly counsel, for, for, for Christians to, to infiltrate his inner circle, as many I know are there. We need to pray for those counselors too, because we are in a spiritual battle. I mean, we were born into a battlefield. And most people, they don't even know it. When, when I get up out of bed every morning, the first thing I do is I, I put on armor. I've got helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel, peace, sword of spirit, shield of faith. It takes maybe, I don't know, 
10, 15 seconds. I pray that because you know what? It's a real battle. It's real armor. It's a re we are engaging in spiritual warfare and we need to be, we need to be taking this stuff seriously. This is at the heart of everything we face. It's, it's, this is, this is what it is. It's a spiritual battle. You know, there's a yeah. lot of people, I wrote about this in my book too. There's a, there's a last chapter. People read nothing else. Read the last chapter. It's the most important chapter. And it has to do with, with, um, with, with something more important than even the right to life. And it's eternal life. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who say, remember, remember the Bible says uh, that, that what is seen is made from what is unseen. Because that just seems crazy. I, before the microscope seemed mm -hmm. really crazy. Yeah. That what is, what is seen is made from cells that are invisible to the naked eye. And the same is true in the spiritual world. We're spirit, soul, and body. We're actually not a body. We are a spirit that lives in a body that has a soul, the mind, will, and emotion. So first to get the, the general gist of, of what it is that's happening, we're actually spirits. And, and we are made up of what is invisible. And what is happening around us that we cannot see is what's affecting what it is we can see. It's affecting what's happening in our country, which direction we go. In the first chapter of this book, I talked about the lie, the lie that, that America has believed, the Christian church has believed that we're supposed to sit on the sidelines and let the atheists run the country and tell us what we're allowed to do. It's absolutely absurd that Christians have stayed out of politics because actions are what you believe and the decisions that affect our, our lives, our liberties, our life itself is, is that those decisions are made in the political realm and we need to get off the bench and get into this game because the Super Bowl for our country is being fought and most of our players aren't even on the field. They're not even watching the game. And what we've got to do is, is put our faith to action. And that's really what the Heartbeat, of Bill, uh, Heartbeat Away book is. It doesn't matter whether it's, it's the life issue you face, maybe it's sexual traps, uh, trafficking, or maybe it's whatever it may be. This will help you to do what they say can't be done. And that is to see the impossible, bow to the name of Jesus. As I mentioned, Francis Schaeffer, that faith is not a leap in the dark. It's ceasing to call God a liar. Everything he says we can do, we can do. His promises are yes and amen. And it's time that we as Christians recognize the authority, start using the authority, the power that we've been given, and get into this game and see the impossible bow to the name of Jesus spoken through our lips. That's what, it, that's what I saw, Stacy. I sat in the front row and I saw the heartbeat bill pass from members of the Ohio State Senate that said they would not pass it under any circumstances. It was impossible um, but with God, all things are possible. You either believe it or you don't. And the way you can tell is by your actions. Amen. How do I follow that? <laughs> Sorry, it's a little bit of a sermon. Anyway. That's okay. <laughs> You're awesome. I love you. I really do. Okay. I miss you, my friend. I have, I have one more question that came in here. And this is actually a good question. And I think you can answer this. Are there any bills that advocate for the fathers who want to keep the baby and not abort it? You know, that's the thing that fathers have not had rights. There's been fathers groups that have started up. There've been efforts to try and give them rights. But uh, to my knowledge, there is no law that allows that to happen because, you know, here's the deal. The, the child, if born, uh, is, is the father is responsible for 18 years of life of that child to, tear, to care for, to feed and to educate and to clothe this child who has no say whatsoever whether his own child lives or dies. That is absurd. It's hypocritical. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's really ridiculous. Um, and so what we've got to do is, is understand that, that fathers that have been pushed out of this debate, you have a voice, um, you have a right, you have a responsibility to speak up 
for those that are being carried away in death as we've all been commanded to do in Proverbs 24, 11, to be a voice for those appointed to die as we were commanded to do in Proverbs 31, 8. Uh, I remember when I was testifying once, uh, someone that was for a bill that protected babies from conception years ago. And the woman said, you know, who do you, where do you come off saying that to be a Christian, you have to be pro-life? And Jesus never said the word abortion. And, and, and I, that's where I pointed out that, that thou shalt not kill made the top 10 commandments, not suggestions. Right. And what Jesus had to say is, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Uh, we love God when we do what he says. And so this is, this is it. It's about obeying God in every corner of the culture. And if we did that, we'd be the one influencing society. We'd, instead of reacting and responding and defending a shrinking piece of real estate, we could actually advance the kingdom of God, take those centers of power and influence, the mountains of influence, as some call them, and, 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 and actually see God glorified in every sphere, every corner of the culture. That's what we're called to do. Um, this book is not just about the right to life. It's about living uh, as a Christian as we were meant to live. And that is, 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 is you know, let me put it this way. It says in Psalm 139 that all of our days of our life were written before one of them came to be. You quoted it earlier. Um, I, so there's a book. God actually has a book about your life. I, I think of it more of as, as a movie script, actually. Uh, that, that God is the producer, the director of the movie of your life. But here's my question. If they made a movie about your life, would anybody want to watch it? You know what? We actually have the ability to live a life that is like the pages of the Bible, to see the Goliaths fall, to see the, the, the sun stand still and the walls tumble into the ground as we saw in Jericho. We, we have the ability to see the same God today, who is the same today, who can raise the dead and heal the sick. And by the way, if he can heal a person, he can heal a nation. What he says is the criteria we're to follow in Second Chronicles 7.14. Everybody knows that to humble yourself and pray and seek his face. Most people forget the fourth point of that, of that whole, uh, that verse, the fourth point is to turn from our wicked ways. Yep. And what's more wicked than abortion? And how can we turn? This book tells you, no matter where you live, in a, in a red state, a purple state, a blue state, this bill will save lives wherever you live. Um, and it shows you how to go up against the establishment, the rhinos, and even the people that are supposed to be on our team, the groups called Right to Life that are siding with Planned Parenthood to fight against a bill that will protect more children that every bill we've passed in the last 50 years, that's what the heartbeat bill will do. It'll protect more babies than everything we've done thus far in one bill. That's why it matters. And, uh, and this is our time. And I, I just got to tell you, I, I, was, I was told by my husband, hey, why don't you outlaw abortion while you're here? And uh, I laughed at him. Uh, and now 29 states have introduced a bill to do just that. 10 have passed it. Those arrows are working their way through the court to deliver what I believe will be the fatal blow to the heart of Roe versus Wade and abortion on demand. There you go. <laughs> That's two segments we need to cut now. <laughs> okay. Carol actually said joint custody after birth and divorce cases. Why isn't there before birth? It's a good point. Very good point. It's, it's a, a good, good point. point. You know, here's the thing. If you have an idea, um, and that's all the heartbeat bill was, was an idea God put in my heart, um, then you can actually go to your state rep. They work for you, by the way. They represent you. Um, that's what we did. We just mm -hmm. called up a rep and said, hey, you know, we've got this idea and we had it drafted. And the next thing you know, it's it's a bill. And the next thing you know, it's a law. 
Um, you can do that. You can draft what idea God puts on your heart to do, go through the process. And if you will be the prototype, if you'll be the, the leader on the edge of the spear, if, if you're the one who's willing to be persistent, to break through that, that, that brick wall, there'll be many others who follow you. And that's, that's my message too, is, is that you can be the one to change the course of history. If only uh, you will step out and, uh, and do what they say is impossible um, and persist until it happens. Right. Well, Abraham Lincoln, I mean, great, great example. And there will be a statue of you, Janet. Yeah, there will. No. Somewhere. Uh, I, 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 I think it's really quite interesting that, that people are tearing down statues of Abraham Lincoln. You know, the guy that, you know, freed the slaves, right. and took a bullet for the cause. Yeah, that's, that's a guy you want to tear down. I mean, it's just, it's really absurd. And if you look at the heart, uh, if, if black lives really matter, then they, they ought to be protesting Planned Parenthood. Because I wrote, I wrote about uh, the greed and racism that's behind abortion. Behind the mask, greed and racism. Let me read you a quote from Catherine Davis. More than 20 million black lives have been lost to abortion. That's more than the entire black population in 1960. You took every man, woman, and child in America in 1960, they're gone by abortion. That's that's how many how many children are killed. The, the stats are there. Um, the uh, the quote from Margaret saying, "Let me give you let me give you a little how much time we have, but I'll read you a quote." Who's you, the real you, racist? You can you Guess can you, you can take as much time as you want. We're not bought and paid for by anybody. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. Guess who said this? We don't want the word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. Who said that? Was it President Trump? Was no. it con former Congressman Steve King? No, no, it was Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger. That is the, the, the heart of abortion is founded in racism. And that's why you see the statistics that we see. I mean, what do we see? Well, a black child is three times more likely to be aborted than a white child. Uh, every, every, uh, uh, every week, more African-Americans are killed by abortion than all the people who were killed in the Vietnam War. We're looking at, at the real assault against against race against against our our black brothers and sisters it's happening at planned parenthood i'm not advocating anything illegal but if i was if i was inclined to spray paint anything i'd be spraying spray painting black lives matter on the front of planned parenthood because they're the ones who are targeting systematically targeting the african-american lives taking them out and i'll just tell you when we were we were um uh lobbying for the heartbeat bill we brought in a group of, of black pastors and leaders and they came and they testified. I remember this, this, uh, this one gentleman broke my heart. He went and he actually talked to Democrats and he says, they are annihilating our race. Will you be our voice? And he could not find anyone willing to, to speak up for black lives because if they're in the womb, uh, they just don't matter to Planned Parenthood, but they very well should. We killed the entire population in America of African-Americans in the, in the year 1960, they're completely gone. Um, every, every life loss is a tragedy, but when you see the numbers like this, 20 million, um, then, then I got to tell you something. If you think black lives matter, then you ought to be, you ought to be on the pro-life bandwagon. And if you're not, I question, I question whether you really believe that. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's one thing that we've talked about because I mean, the history is there. It's just a matter of people reading it. In fact, Winnie Hartstrong, who I was telling you about <clears throat> right before the show, you know, she's a black lady, right? And and it was the pro-life issue that got her to flip to Republican, you know, because she looked at that and she's like, this is a no-brainer. <laughs> By the way, 
It was the, you watch the Dinesh, Dinesh D'Souza movie. It was the Republican Party that stood against slavery. They're the ones who were, right. were the, the party of Lincoln. Are you kidding me? Um, there's been just so much revisionist history that, that you know, it's, it's the Democratic Party that, that is enslaved. You look at, look and see who's done more for jobs for the black community. It's, it's President Trump. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we see so many that are coming out for him. Um, because he not just speaks the words. He doesn't just say Black Lives Matter. He's doing something about it. He's helping them. Uh, he's, he's funding uh, the universities, uh, traditionally Black universities, and he's giving them jobs. That's, that's really the, the heart of this, this whole thing. Everybody can talk, but, but where are the actions? Actions are what you believe. Everything else is political talk. Break through it and see where the candidates stand. And uh, Donald Trump is one who uh, who stands for life, who stands for liberty, and who stands for uh, who stands for the economy, uh, and and every way you look at it, law and order and safety. This is this is for our 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 ability to defend ourselves and bear arms, as our founders uh, so wisely put into our constitution. This is this is a critical life or death election, and we we need to, to get on our knees and then get on our feet uh, to do everything we can to see President Trump reelected. Amen. You do you have like five more minutes because sure. I have a sure. couple of questions because I am curious about a couple of things. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a hundred percent on page here, but I'm curious about what your opinion about the whole COVID thing is going on because a lot of people, including me, believe this is nothing but a big, huge fat political ploy to bring down the president in a certain way. And if you don't have to answer the question, if you don't want, but I am curious, um, about that and um what was the other thing i was going to say well for now until my menopause brain remembers what i was going to say <laughs> well I'll, I'll say this uh i i think that if you look at the numbers um I, I talked to a guy today and and what uh you know i'm i'm broadcasting this currently from from uh what they call the epicenter of the hot spot in you know the broward county area of florida and uh i am an ohioan and but but this is where i am right now and 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 so what happens is if you go and get a test um, and you test, say you test positive, that is among the rates of, of COVID. All right. Say you test next week and it still says positive. That's in the daily rates. So the numbers are inflated. You test again and, you know, it's, you, you get the results of it. And, and so you have many tests for the same person. So the numbers are inflated. You, you've seen um, the, the statistics that, that, that the hospitals, uh, the, the nursing home, they get they actually get. Uh, federal funding when all of a sudden you have COVID. So nobody's dying of cancer anymore. Nobody's dying of heart disease or anything else. Everybody's dying of COVID. I read an article last week that said uh, that, that Goliath, just archaeologists, uh, just unearthed Goliath and found out that, uh, that the, the giant that David killed was actually killed by COVID-19. Um, you know, it's, it's absurd. Uh, I think the right. numbers are inflated. I think that if you look at what Fauci has to say, Dr. Fauci is all over the map. He yeah. says, yeah, masks don't do anything. Now he's telling governments should do whatever they can to make you wear a mask. I want to tell you something that I find absolutely appalling. And I, I love what President Trump said. He said, churches are essential. They are essential. And so when you've got a governor in, in California telling churches they cannot sing, I think that we better say, you know what? 
at some point you better rise up and say, I'm going to obey God and not man. I, I am not going to be silent. If I'm silent, then the rocks will cry out. We've got to re- honor God over man. I, I actually went to, my church was closed. I went to church Easter Sunday in the parking lot. It was one of the most powerful services in a Baptist church I've ever been to because I could not stay away. I think we have the right to assemble. We don't have the, the, the freedom of religion unless somebody declares there's, there's, there's some sort of, you know, manufactured pandemic. Is it manufactured? Well, you know what? I think that there are some, it's a real virus and, and people, yeah. there are real deaths from it. But, but does it reach the level of, 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 of a pandemic? I don't think anymore. I think that the death rate has gone down, even though the testing rate has gone up. Um, and, uh, and when you, you tell people that they have to, to I mean, I'll just, I'll just say this. When, when, when you are in trouble for going to church, when you, it's illegal for you to go to church, when people are being threatened with jail time, um, but you can't start your business you know, you have barbers and hair salon people that are facing, you know, jail time for opening up their business. It's funny, the, 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 the double standard that's happening, you can burn a business down as part of a Black Lives Matter protest, yep. but you can't start your business. You can't go to church. And there's something very, very wrong with that. And so uh, not only do we see President Trump as, as, as the man who's standing for law and order, for safety, um, I do think there are precautions we can take. I do think that there are people in, in high-risk situations. I mean, I do the grocery shopping, deliver it to my mom. I, I, you know, we do our part. We help those that need it. But right. quarantines are supposed to be for those that are sick, not to quarantine and imprison everyone who is healthy. And that's uh, that's my take on COVID-19, probably more than you wanted to know. Well, actually, I'm really glad you shared it because it confirms what I feel. And, you know, I, by the I, way, you can get your Trump mask. Um, if everybody wore a Trump 2020 <laughs> mask, uh, you watch and see how, how soon those rules about wearing masks go away. Uh, so you can get your Trump 2020 mask. My husband has his. Uh, I'm, I'm getting mine now. And uh, yeah, you want to make me wear a mask when I fly? That's the mask I'm going to wear. <laughs> well, and yeah, and that well, that and that's the thing. I mean, I started the show talking about today's my my dad's 92nd birthday. Literally in five, five years, I've known my dad because my mom and dad got divorced and I wasn't raised with them. And anyway, through interesting series of miraculous circumstances, I, I know my dad now, but they wouldn't let me come and see him on his birthday unless I stood outside the window in a hundred degree heat with humidity, which I said, there's no way there is no way. Uh, well, and- let, me, let me tell you something, Stace. I have a friend uh, who was part of our heartbeat effort in Ohio. Um, his wife died, uh, not from COVID, but she died. She was in a nursing home. Uh, which, by the way, I think the people who were telling COVID patients to go to nursing homes, I think that there should be some accountability there because they're killing people by doing that. Right. His wife died. They wouldn't let him there to see his wife in the nursing home. But once she died, they said, yeah, come on in and take her personal effects. You could walk in and take her picture frames and her, and her, and her personal belongings, but you couldn't see her in person. There is a problem with that. I think there's going to be some lawsuits, and I hope, I hope there will be because it's appalling. Uh, the way we're treating people. I, I talked to a, an attorney last week and said, I can't hug my dad. He's in his 90s. And I just I just said, you know what? Hug your dad. Hug your dad. You know I, what? Hey, short. I'm I, not going to I'm not going to not hug my mother. I, I, I you know, yeah. it's 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 really absurd that we have been we've been been pushed this this agenda of fear that we're living in fear. I, I'm all for precautions. I'm all for, for looking at the, the statistics, looking and seeing what we're supposed to do to try and, and, you know, and be safe, but, but, but imprisoning people, closing down businesses, shutting down the economy and, and, and restricting our freedom of religion, our right to assemble. Um, 
I have a very, very big problem with that. And the good news is President Trump is for our liberty. He's for our freedom. And uh, he's also yeah. uh, one who, uh, who backs our, our, uh, our, our right to life, uh, not only in the womb, but also at the other end of the spectrum, as you mentioned, with your dad's life uh, mm -hmm. coming under fire. Um, we've, got to, we've got to stand for life across the board. But we don't have to cower in fear what, to do that. What I did was, you know, I sell legal shield. So I called my law firm and I got counsel. And uh, they told me that, unfortunately, I have to obey what the governor says. So I started calling my governor, called him every day. And I said, dude, it's me again. I'm calling to let you know that I want you to open up the nursing home so I can go and see my dad. He's 91, just so you know. This isn't cool. Good for you hung up <laughs> called back it took about three weeks but they finally opened it up but I, and i so I did, I did get to see my dad but you know i mean who knows you know what i mean but anyway i persistence stacy that's what it takes and and that's a that's a great great example of, of of a lot of people just say oh it's just the way it is nothing i could do no this is america right we have the freedom we have the ability to uh to to talk to those who work for us uh and tell them what it is we want them to do and and, and eventually um, guess what? You keep pounding, pounding, and pounding. They're gonna, they're gonna like, eventually listen. Like the uh, we replace them. Yeah, and so I want to end on this because you, uh, you, you brought up the prayer and fasting thing before, and I know Jonathan Kahn has a call to prayer and fasting. Are you familiar with that? Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, so I wanted to find out if you're familiar with that. That's big. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, our, we've been doing Zoom calls and all kinds of prayer calls, and, and we did 24-hour prayer just not too long ago. I, I, I think that that, you know what, if we realize the power of prayer, we'd be mm -hmm. praying a whole lot more. It is literally an audience with the king. You know, I can't pick up the phone and call President Trump. I'd like to, uh, but but we can pick up and, 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 and literally talk to the creator of the universe who can actually change the course of human events. He can do the impossible. If you don't believe you can do the impossible, then 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 you know what? Uh, go back and, and look at the last, last election night in 2016, and you watch every poll and every pundit, people in tears, because they didn't believe that President Trump can win. Well, we can't just rely on, 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 on God to do it again. He, he doesn't just sweep in and save a nation. He works through people. And, and, and it's people like us that need to rise up now and see him finish good work that uh, that that, uh, that god began when he uh, when he first took office and i'm i'm so grateful to god for his answer to our cry for mercy and here's the thing i, I told him i told god when when i saw obama sworn in i said god if you will give us another chance at freedom i promise i will use it for everything it's worth and that's that's really where we are we've been given mercy and we better use the freedom we have to keep it amen all right people janet porter see did i not tell you all right. Hey, you have to get her book. You want to tell them where? I know you, you can get yeah, it everywhere. I'll tell you, you can actually get a signed copy uh, of it. Let me see if I can get it in front of my face. Heartbeat Away uh, at, at F2A.org. It's the, it's the website uh, that you can get it signed. I'm not a fan of Amazon. I write in the book why. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're actually censoring people, friends that are ex-homosexuals. They're not allowed to have their books sold on Amazon um it, it, there's a lot of reasons why but you know get yeah. it where you want to get it but I, I i think the best place is faith the number two action.org or the shortcut f the number two a.org you'll get a signed copy we'll get it in the mail to you right away and uh you will be encouraged whether you're in the pro-life battle or in any other battle uh to see the impossible bow to the name of jesus and you know one thing it says in revelation 
and that is that, that the testimony is the spirit of prophecy. And so our testimony of our victory prophesies to your victory, no matter where you live, whatever state you're in, whatever country you're in. If you want to see the end of abortion, join with us in this effort to do it. Uh, this is, I believe, uh, an idea that, uh, that God is in, uh, and we're seeing it, as I mentioned, in 29 states and 10 that have passed it, countries that are doing it. Um, but it's, it's, it's finishing the job uh, and, uh, and bringing the killing to an end. And that's going to take some more judges on the Supreme Court. And that's going to take a re-election of President Donald J. Trump. It's going to take our prayers. It's going to take our action. It's going to take our votes. So that's my message. Get a copy of the book. You'll be encouraged. And, 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 and even if you live in a blue or a purple state, this gives you the creative ideas to get around the rhinos, the establishment, and the people who are supposed to be your friend, but are actually blocking uh, the most protective pro-life bill in, uh, in the country. Yeah. What she says is true, people. Believe me. <laughs> it's so true. All right. And with that, Janet, thank you so much for coming on, giving us thank all you, your Stace. time. Great to be back with you. And uh tomorrow night everybody i think i have another interview tomorrow i don't know i have to look at my calendar but we'll see ya and as i always say at the end of this show be bold people stand up and go with god because he loves you and as janet said with god all things are possible so go ahead and do it